Good morning. Do you mind if I pray first? Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit, prepare our hearts for your word. Receive what my feeble lips speak in attempts to give you glory and draw us all by your mercy into the knowledge of your great love. Amen. Quick fire question round. Um, who here has ever done something that's a bit cheeky but not illegal? You tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. No? Um, my wife has learnt um, every time she bakes cupcakes to bake a few extra ones um, for her lightly fingered husband who just who takes some. Yes, I am a cupcake thief because I love cakes. That's one of the things. It's very cheeky. It's not against the law. Well, I won't be arrested by a police officer for it. Um, but I pay a dear price every time I eat a cupcake from the batch that my wife has baked. Ask her about it when you do meet her. When I was younger, living in Nairobi, um, I used to always we used to get out and walk and, and run around and do things like that. And there was always a sign I'd find on fences that, that frustrated me. And it said, no trespasses, no trespasses. And just beneath it, trespasses will be prosecuted. And these signs were always on the fences whose other side had mango trees. Now, I love mangoes. I absolutely love mangoes. And it was always on those sides with the mango trees. Or there are these, for some of you who've been to Africa know about these, there are these little nuts this size that you have to get and you peel them and you crack them and you get the little coconutty thing on the inside. Absolutely delicious. They never grew on the side of the fence where the, the trespass sign or the, on my side of the fence, there was no mango trees, there was no nuts. I had to kind of, you know, we were like, mm, I really want to go. And to be honest, sometimes I'd go. We never got caught, so it was fine. Don't report me, please. No trespassing. Trespassers will be prosecuted. Have you ever gone on a diet and uh, uh, then that's the time everybody is eating cheesecake around you? You know that feeling? Who here has broken a diet secretly? D, I am with you. I would, let's just be honest here. Look, it's church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sneaky little slice. I, I gave up chocolate for Lent, and that was the time everybody was having chocolate around me. I was like, ah, why? Why? Tried to cut out sugar. Starbucks brings out a blueberry cheesecake. I was like, mm. Every time I see a slice getting cut, a bit of me dies. I really want to have it. It's frustrating. No trespassing. Trespassers will be prosecuted. Do you ever want to see the inside of a pilot's cockpit? I always want to go in. No, restricted access. Can't go in. I'm intrigued. I want to go in. I want to see the buttons. I want to press some. There's a valid reason why they don't let people into that part of the aeroplane. I know this, I know this, but I still want to cross, don't I? I still want to cross, I still want to see. No trespassing. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. Trespasses. Paul, in chapter 5, 
which is what we're on at the minute. We started our series in chapter 5. If you've been following, we've lingered a bit on the first part of chapter 5, and now we're just slowly moving a bit further down. In chapter 5, Paul is focusing on something called a gift, which I'll touch on a bit later. But for us to understand verse 15, where he says the gift is greater than the trespass, I think it's worth just dwelling a little bit on trespass to understand what it means for us. And then we can look at the gift to understand what it means for us. And then we might just catch some of Paul's excitement uh, in uh, this passage that we have today. So what does Paul mean by trespass? Can I invite you into sort of a a little imaginative journey? Imagine for your whole life, you grew up in this mansion, this beautiful mansion, absolutely stunning, huge grounds, acres of grounds, forests, woods, and for your whole life you'd walk in these forests and explore the woods and all that. And the older you get, the bigger you get, the further you can go. And the further you get every time, you slowly kind of notice a bit of nervousness in you about the house that you're leaving behind. Every time you get nervous, you go, "Mm, okay, and you turn back, and you go. But then you become bigger and older. And this time you get far enough that you meet a fence. It's about this size fence. And clearly, a sign saying, no trespassing. You haven't encountered this before. Now, some of you are holy, so when I asked about keeping a diet, you didn't put your hands up, that's great. For you guys, really work with me on this imaginative bit that's about to follow. Yeah, it's really hard. For the rest of us, it's easy. Yeah? Imagine you just put one foot over the fence, and then another foot over the fence, and you walk a bit. Five meters away from the fence, on the side that's furthest from where you've ever been before, all of a sudden, these uh, SAS people come out, with the guns and everything, and masks and all that kind of stuff, and they're like, go, 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 and they surround you, they're like, surrender, and you're like, okay. Put a bag over your head, tie your hands behind you, and drag you off. When they take the mask off, you're in a cell. There are a few other people in the cell. Like, hmm. How did you end up here? It's like, ah. I jumped the fence and they appeared. Okay. Did you see the sign? Yeah, I saw the sign, but I can't read. Hmm. So you knock for the guard, you're shaking the thing. Guard comes, say, hey, this guy couldn't have read the sign. Couldn't have read the sign. Why don't you let him go? The guard turns to you and goes, he saw the fence though, didn't he? He saw the fence. And at that point, you have no argument. This exercise is useful for us to understand what Paul is talking about from the beginning of Romans up to this point. Two things he wants us to know. One is that God gave us something in our hearts Something in our hearts. And you catch that in Romans 1, the beginning, chapter, the beginning of the chapters uh, of 
second part of the chapter where he talks about something in their hearts that would allow them to recognize what is good and what is not good. It talks about creation so they could recognize that God is God and they're not. And that even though they could see the signs, they never glorified God as God. There was always a fence. You didn't have to read. There was always the sense within you that you're getting a bit further away from the house. That was always there. That was always the case. There was always that, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't take that cupcake. It has its purpose. And then the law comes. And this is Romans 1, Romans 2. Paul focuses on the law. And the law comes. God puts the sign up so that we can know. When we see the sign, the purpose of the sign is for us to know that one, there's a fence, but two, we have this desire to want to skip the fence. So sin, which is the trespass, is not just the stepping over the fence. It's this thing inside of us that's like, mm. I want to, I want to go. I want to go. But, Trespassers will be prosecuted. So the point of all of the passages coming up to verse uh, chapter 5 is to let us know that each one of us falls under that bracket of trespassers. Paul labors his point to get us there, four chapters, so that when we get there, he can say to us, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. All have trespassed. In that cell, there's absolutely everybody whether you could read the rules or not. So none of us can go, hey, release me because uh, I, I couldn't read. Trespassers will be prosecuted. Now, just to stretch the analogy a bit further, um, the house, the home, is the house of God the Father. God is the source of all life. And if you know how sources work, the further you are from the source, the less its efficacy on you. So you can imagine what it's like the further you go. You can imagine what it's like the further you are from the boundary where the house is. You can imagine what it's like for you now in a cell somewhere away from the source. So when you hear something like the wages of sin is death, what? You're trying, what the, the passage is trying to say is that actually the trespass takes us away from the source of life. And the further away we go, the more in the domain of death we are. And if we are captured and taken and kept somewhere, what is in us will fade slowly until we are dead. Trespassers will be prosecuted, but actually the reality is the story from creation of humanity is that trespassers will die because the only place where life is is in righteousness because that is life by the source of life forever nourished forever nourished we're all stuck in death and dying but this is where Paul starts to get excited and I want you to mark if you just look at from verse 15 down to verse 17. I just want you to pick up how many times he says the word gift. I'll read it from here. But the 
gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Gift, 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 gift. He says it so many times because he's excited about it. Now, Paul is not just a random individual in scripture. Paul was one of the best rule followers of his time. He was one of the best. And when he met Jesus, he realized that actually rule following wasn't the way to stay in the place of righteousness. And he lets us know that in chapter 4 when he introduces us to Abraham. When he talks about Abraham, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham didn't do stuff to receive righteousness. He didn't climb a mountain and at the top there was this righteousness thing that he could pick up and go, banana! (laughs) He didn't do that. He believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness. It was always God's to give. It's always God's to give. So when we enter chapter 5, It's not the case that we can fight our way out of the prison cell or make our way back to the house to where the source is. So it's pointless even planning our escape because it won't work. We don't know where we're going. And we are weaker now because we've been away from the source itself. They might as well put balsa wood as the cages because we won't be able to break out. We're not strong enough anymore. Far away from the Holy Spirit. We're all stuck in death. And dying. But the owner of the house, who knows the plan of the person who's keeping all his children, turns up, says, Hey, I know what you really want is my kingdom. I know what you really want is the source that I have, and the life that I have, and the power that I have. I'll give it to you in exchange for all these children. Then this exchange happens. And the king of kings enters the cell and is closed in with us outside. Death's reign over us is defeated because he enters the place of death. We are free from it. And this is the beautiful part. Us being free from death still doesn't mean we've got enough strength to come back. Still doesn't even mean we we know how to get back. We don't know the directions. We were blindfolded. We were bound. We don't know where we are. So aimlessly, weak, seated outside this cage, free but unaware of how to get home. But he's the source of life. And it doesn't matter how far away you take him from the the mansion itself, he's still strong and mighty. So he rises, breaks the cage. He rises, looks upon us with love, and then scoops one, chucks him on the shoulder, scoops another one, 
chucks him on the shoulder, scoops another one, chucks him on the shoulder, scoops another one, chucks him on the shoulder. And like a roughly cut wooden cross, carries us back from the valley to the fountain of life to be refreshed, refilled and have a new story. And instead of the story from the beginning being trespassers will be prosecuted, trespassers will die, it changes to trespassers will be saved. Because he knew from the get-go, from when you were little and you couldn't get as far as the fence, that your heart's desire was to do what? Get to the fence. Trespassers will be saved. Trespassers will be lifted and redeemed, brought back into the space of receiving life. Trespassers will be filled with the Holy Spirit, welcomed into his family, and adopted as sons and daughters of the living God. No more under the reign of death, but under the flowing waters of eternal life. So Paul, sitting there, writing, he's been waiting to get to chapter 5. He gets to chapter 5. He's, he's tried to say it in the first verses. He's tried to say it, and then he gets to chapter verse 12, and he's still trying to say it, and then he gets to verse 15, and he just can't contain it. He says, but the gift, the gift is greater than the trespass. The gift is greater than the trespass. And he's so excited. Gift, 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 gift everywhere. Gift, 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 gift. This thing that you need in order for you to survive, to live, and to thrive is freely given to you. And like Abraham, whom we spoke about in the chapter before, all you have to do to receive it is what? Believe. Hey, do you believe I can get you out of the cell? Yes. Hey, do you believe I can carry you back home? Yes. For God so loved the world that he, gift, 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 his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall no longer perish, but have everlasting life. Trespassers will live forever. I love this passage and I love the verse 14. And if, if, if one thing can stick, let it be that one. The gift is greater than the trespass. So if, if regret is something that you carry with you, the gift is greater than the regret. If, if unforgiveness is something that you carry with you, the gift is greater than unforgiveness. If death is something that you've faced or are facing, the gift is greater than death itself. Gift, 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 gift. Gift, gift. Truly, like the minions. Banana. Let's pause and just ponder that for a minute. And then I'll pray to close. Very rarely does someone... Uh, adopt a good child uh, and maybe sometimes someone may adopt a, a child who is not so good 
And God shows his love for us in this. Trespassers will be called children of God. Those who hammered the nails into his son's arms will be forgiven and will be held in light, in glory for eternity. And the arm of the Lord is not too short. He will save. Good God, thank you that you love us. Thank you that despite who we are, despite what we are, what we are in thought, word, and deed, you stay faithful as the lover. You stay faithful as the redeemer, picking us up from the rubbish heap we choose to sit in, cleansing us and putting us on a mantelpiece in your house forever. Lord, would you renew that hope in us? parting secret if you cling to that one verse the gift is better than the trespass it stays christmas every day <laughs>